Morning Show continues on this Friday, 14th day of July, 2023. Let's do this. As Neil Atkins sits on in. Good morning. Hello, Bruce. Good morning to you. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. A wondrous day, July 14th. Yeah. Celebrated all over the world in various ways. Bastille Day today. That's the right. French are going nuts. They're not rioting in the streets today. They're Although they did limit the fireworks uh, displays over there because they had all those riots. Yeah. So you can only do the official ones or else they're going to take you to the the guillotine, possibly. So you've got that. Some of the most famous people, though. Birthdays are today. Former President Gerald Ford. My friend Kelly. Down, down the way... Covered Wagon Restaurant and Bar down in uh, Wisconsin there. Right. Kelly and her husband own that, and Kelly's birthday is today. So if you're a friend or a Helen, Kelly Calaleo, happy birthday to you. Uh-oh. Oh, we're kicking the garbage can Rick's again. kicking the can. But the most famous of them all, bum moi. Today's my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank man. you very much. Rick Jordan. So in honor of that, Rick Neil, Jordan and our, our fan club right here. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate that. In honor of it being your birthday, I did, some, I did some of your work for you. Did you? Yeah. What did you do? Some prep. Ooh, the prep mat. I figure it's, I figure it's, fri- it's Friday, so <laughs> okay. no, nothing about new beaches this morning. Are man. we going to have any jokes about the police and the toilet that was just stolen? <laughs> well, that's up. I uh, told that to a couple of people, and they thought it was pretty good. It is pretty good. That's up to the listeners. I, I have no I have no lame jokes unless prompted, uh, oh. which I might be. I don't know. We'll see. All right. So I found this one. This is a hypothetical. Somebody pulled over 15,000 Americans on this topic. Would you rather achieve minor success while you're alive and then be forgotten or achieve no success until you're gone but be remembered and respected for hundreds of years? <laughs> Jeez. Well, it doesn't make any difference when you're gone, does it? So here's the example. Yeah. Vincent Van Gogh sold one painting his entire life, and he's remembered as one of the greatest artists of all time now. Didn't he live in... Uh... Poverty, basically? Yeah. Now, on this poll, it's an even split. Half of us would take some success now. The other half want the glory later. I look at it like what you said. Who cares? You're dead. (laughs) Your your family or loved ones or heirs may be happy, but it would be nice to have some recognition while you live. Right. And and your loved ones are going to miss you and remember you when you're gone. That's just how it works. That's right. Other people, it's whatever. Oh, Rick Jordan is stepping up to the Uh-oh, microphone. He's, he's sauntering up here. Just trying to frame this. If you become famous when you're gone, your loved ones and family back home can take advantage of it. Of course. Reap the benefits. Yeah. Good yeah. old, good old great you... uh, granddaddy uh, Bob. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Yeah. granddaddy Bob. Well, right. lay a... Wreath at your gravesite on an annual basis. Yeah. And Bob, of course, is off into the uh, hinterland somewhere to Valhalla or wherever Another you may rails. think it would be. Wherever we all go. Uh, yeah. That's right. Wherever Anybody famous in your family back in time? Back in time. Let's see. My dad, he was a lieutenant colonel in the Army. He always used to say when people would get a little arrogant, my mom used to tell me this. Uh, they go to some of the officer deals when they're traced around the country. Uh, somebody would say, well, my father went to Yale. Ah. My grand- great-grandfather 
was one of the founding members of Harvard. Harvard. So my, my dad from the North Carolina, he was a North Carolina guy, he said, well, my great-granddaddy, Neil Ailes, was hung for horse thievery. And all of a sudden, everybody goes, oh, my God. <laughs> so he had fun with that one. How about you, Bruce? Anybody in your family do anything uh, noteworthy? I'm trying to think. Um, and my dad served in Korea. Uh-huh. My um, my dad was there, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, re- I mean, as far as, like, actual famous, I don't think so. Hmm. I was asked my either. <laughs> I, I was asked my dad if uh, if Chet Atkins was related to us. The Chet Atkins. Chet oh, Atkins, sure, yeah. Uh, guitarist. Yeah. And he goes, well, maybe I don't know. <laughs> so who knows? But that means no. I had uh, let's see, my uh, son was doing some research on uh, his lineage on his mom's side, and he did some on, on our side, and he found on let's see, I know my dad's side of the family from North Carolina. He found the first relative that he could detect was from the late 1700s. Hmm. I know there's a little old homestead, like in 1848. Uh, this is uh, in Harnett County in the Lillington area of North Carolina, which is on the Cape Fear River inland, uh-huh. about 60 it. miles from from um, Raleigh. But uh, my, my grandmother was... Uh, a known artist, uh, oil painter, and poet back in the day, but uh, she never became famous natural, nationally. And I have a lot of her paintings, and they're beautiful paintings. She did oils and all that jazz, but uh, she wrote, did poetry, and it was published around the country. But this is back in the 1930s and 40s and that sort of thing. Nobody in my family, either side, mother or father. Well, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. My mother's grandfather, which would be my great-grandfather, great was grandfather. a circuit court judge Ooh. in Missouri. You want a hanging court judge, will you? Probably. Hang him! Between farming and hanging. Hang him high. <laughs> well, I will I say... that's pretty cool. Yeah, I will say that I am... a degree in 1860. That's cool. 1860, yeah. That's pretty. So I am related to, through marriage, my, let's see, my, one of my great-aunts married one of the Merritt brothers. That discovered the seven? Iron Range. Yeah. And of course, awesome. they lost their fortune in the panic of 1893 when John D. Rockefeller. Yep. They signed a demand note. You never sign a demand note. I don't but, know what but it the is. Poor guys did. Well, demand note is. Stick them up. The, whoever loans you the money, when he wants to demand it, oh, you got to pay him. If you don't tomorrow. have it, he takes your assets. Uh, and uh, mo- all, I think one Merritt brother financially did survive, but all the rest of them. Uh, were hoodwinked by John G. Watt. So Grant Merritt would be a son of them, of one of them? Uh, probably a, a, Grand. a great-grandson, something like that. Because this is back in the 1880s, you realize. Now, my great-grandfather was an immigrant here. He was a Swanstrom, and one of his sisters is one that married one of the Merritt brothers in the day. And uh, they were all founding families of the Duluth area, the Wheelers, the Swanstroms, the Merritts, and, yeah. uh, you know, our friends David Wheeler and Tom Wheeler and those sure. guys, their families were here in the 1850s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, that would be the closest to infamy. I had a cousin of mine that dated Arnold Schwarzenegger. What was his name? Her. Oh. Laddie. <laughs> Bad taste. Sorry. I'm. Uh, hey, Arnold Schwarzenegger was on this microphone at one time. That exact microphone? Um, that's why. That's why Brad. Wire. That's why Brad <laughs> kept on scrubbing him with the stuff and spraying it. Or Not something. sure, but it was probably <laughs> about. Uh, he was at the home show, boat show. 
Okay. Oh, oh no, he graduated from UWS. UWS, yeah. And uh, they were pretty proud of that at UWS. So they well, brought they him. should be. They did a media tour, and oh. Mr. Schwarzenegger was. I know one of the professors over there that mentored him. Really? Yeah. And uh, now I will say the most famous person that nobody will remember. Well, they, they, some people do. And people out there listening, some of the older folks remember yeah, her. I'll remember. She was my mom's first cousin, Peggy Knutson. She was oh, a yeah. movie actress. Yeah. Went to uh, the villa, uh, uh, St. Scholastica, mm. and got yeah, into the movies neat. back in the 40s and 50s and 60s. And she was one of those character actresses that, you know, you see them. I can't think of the name, but they never made it, but was always in the film. She was always working. Yeah. And what was funny when I was a kid, an old movie had come on, or uh, uh, Perry Mason or Bat Masterson or something like that, and then she'd Bat have a, a little shot in that or Wyatt Earp. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the phone would start ringing everywhere, and all the relatives would be calling, uh, Peggy's on TV, turn on <laughs> Channel 3, and everybody's calling around. And what do you think that. she made back then? 100 oh, bucks for the show? The week? Maybe, something like that. Residuals, maybe? Probably not. But, uh, so well, she, now they're on strike. Yeah, they are. The actors yep, yep. And, and the writers, all of them. So, so you want to know something? Absolute coincidence. I, I knew that there was an actor strike potentially coming, but I had not done any reading on the reason behind it, right? It go, it's, it's over our head anyway. It, yeah, I'm not going to understand all this stuff. And, and that, as I said earlier, you, you have to stand up for the things that you believe in. If you think this is what you need to do, then this is what you need to do, and that's fine. Um, but last night, my wife and I were trolling through Netflix, and Uh-oh. we p- happened upon a show she's watched off and on called Black Mirror. And I don't know the... I haven't looked up the background of the show yet. But basically, it, it's it's not an episodic show. You can watch an episode and then skip three or four and just go to one you think might look interesting. And there's, there's little... They're there's, not continuous. Right. Yeah. And they're, they're not... It's not like... It's just one story contained in one show. Yeah. So last night we're watching one. It's called Jonah's Bad, or Jonah's Awful. Bad Jonah. Uh, Annie Murphy, who was on The Creek Show. Remember The Creek Show with, with the Levy boys and the, the, the family that, I can't say the word, but it's called Blank Creek? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, yeah. It was a big hit. Yeah, uh, she's was... on that. She's in this, and so is Selma Hayek. Oh. And so basically, the, I don't want to give too much of it away in case anybody wants to actually watch it, but the premise is that... This woman is being tracked via her phone, and people can see everything she's doing, and they're making a show out of her life with Selma Hayek playing her. And, like, the show is released hours after she has lived through all these moments, and she's got to figure out... You know how this is happening. Oh, I gotta find that. That sounds so, good. It is. It's a. It's a. It's called Black Mirror. Is it's it on like Netflix. going back in time, more or less. No. Oh. It's very. No. Current. It's like like I. You know, like, like she has signed away her life basically <clears throat> with the terms and conditions and all the stuff she yeah, signs up do. for, <laughs> and you don't ever read them. Oh. And one of the things that ends up happening oh. is it turns out it's not really Selma Hayek. It's an AI version of Selma Hayek that's playing this woman. Ooh. So Selma Hayek gets legitimately mad. Because this woman is doing things that Selma Hayek would never do in a, in a, in a, when she's acting. And so Selma Hayek gets mad and finds out that she signed away, via these terms and conditions and things in her contract, the right for them to make an AI version of her to play whatever they want. Wow. Speaking of phones, I just got a message this morning. <clears throat> Cyber announcement. Oh. oh, boy. We regret to inform you that your Netflix membership has come on has been uh, placed 
on a hold restriction oh. due to issues with your billing information. Yeah, don't respond. Yeah, I would not. That's I would not bogus. respond. That seems like that feels like yeah. a scam. Anyway, so okay. one of the reasons that the actors Delete. are on strike is because they are fearful that these filming yeah. companies are going to use AI yeah. to create yeah. a version of them, yeah. and then they don't have yeah. to pay them. Well, look at what they do, though, in some of the uh, deceased. Jimmy Dean is still pitching. <laughs> he's still doing Jimmy his Dean's still he's pitching his sausage. Yeah. He's been dead for 20 years. Yeah. So they, yeah. that's kind of the legacy of what we were talking well, about. Well, they have the holograms, too, yeah. doing concerts and stuff. Well, I heard that that one Beatles concert that they had, yeah. it was like the real thing. Yeah. Um, it's, the, uh, it's interesting. Well, Never you know, saw the Beatles. Did you? I got a friend who got a, a job at uh, Met Stadium. You've heard of Met Stadium? Yeah, well, the Mets used to play. Flush, <laughs> Flushing Meadow, New York. No, Twins, Bloomington. Twins. Oh, oh, money oh, Shea Stadium, you dippy. Anyway, yeah, Met yeah. Stadium, I heard of uh, it. He got There's a, a job. mall on the site now. Yeah. He heard the Beatles were coming to Met mm-hmm. Stadium, Bloomington. Knew he couldn't get tickets or for him. So <laughs> he got a job as an Andy Frayne usher. Ooh, so oh. he was there for the whole thing. He actually got paid to see the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Of course, he had to do a little work, but he caught oh, not him out this of the corner. Of the oh, no, not, not no he would guy. not work. Well, there, so what's the biggest, most famous uh, rock and roll concert or concert that you guys ever went to? The one that other than be, Jimmy Buffett, Jimmy Buffet. Um, um, and let's say you met. Did you ever meet any of the stars? Yeah, hmm? yeah. Well, being in this job. Yeah. And the way my format was years yeah. ago. Yeah. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Yeah. Reba McIntyre, Bobby Goldsboro, little Jimmy Dickens. Jimmy Dickens. Yeah, okay. Over your head. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> who was he now? Uh, he was a singer from the 50s. Okay. Um yeah. I was very lucky to meet a lot of cool people. Good. Cool. Yeah. Well, you never know. You know, we had um when I was uh stationed overseas in Japan, uh, Jose Feliciano played a oh. concert in Tokyo. And one of the guys I work with used to be a roadie for him. And he got backstage passes, a whole nine yards. We went to the concert, had front row seats. Mm-hmm. It was quite, the guy was quite the performer. You know, he was blind. Yeah. And so we go back, and I've got pictures of us back there. And we just sat around for about an hour talking to him and, and his entourage and all that jazz. So it was, it was kind of fun. His famous song, Feliz Navidad, plays yep. every Christmas for yep. Budweiser. My wife um, and I went to a uh, Tony Bennett concert at the at the uh, auditorium. Was Lady Gaga with him? Didn't see her. Okay. That was pre-Gaga. I guess so. I, I think it was a fundraiser for something. And, uh, <laughs> I was the MC, so here oh, I am okay. backstage fiddling around, talking with... His his group, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, time came for the show to get on stage. No Tony Bennett. <laughs> they could not find him. About ten minutes late, uh, he walks in the back door of the arena, which would be kind of like where the Vista is, the sure. Vista Queen, yeah. Yeah. and my wife is with him. <laughs> Okay, what's it? and the people, his people, were very concerned about this attractive young lady taking Tony for a ride or something. And you were concerned as well. I knew her. Yeah. So anyway, the story goes, 
he was she was backstage with me and she, they got a, to talking she didn't even know who he was <laughs> uh, <of laughs> she's talking to this guy and say let's uh. go for a walk and they walked down to the bridge and they went in the arena and over that funny <laughs> mare the, the, the bridge, blue bridge the blue bridge thank yeah. you i was gonna think of the mare but i couldn't remember <laughs> And they come back, just strolling in like nothing ever happened, and they <laughs> and they were late. Kind of cute. Everybody's wondering where the heck they are, and yeah. your your wife and Tony Bennett yeah. having a good time in Canal Park. And she finally found out who he was about halfway through their trip. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Bruce, you're a big sports guy, famous uh, sports figures. Um, Harman, okay, so Harmon Killebrew, come on. No, I never met Harmon. <laughs> um, you used to be a friend with Babe Ruth, didn't you, Rick? Or no, I'm sorry. Who? <laughs> I shared a food on a Bob Euchre once at uh, well, open, opening fun. opening day at uh, Miller Park, the first ever game. Well, it's now American Family Field, fun. the first ever game there. Bob was he Uecker. nice? Nice of you. He was laughing at the time. He was not talking to me though. So <laughs> <laughs> there were no words that were that were uh, exchanged between the two of us. See, but. Pat Kelly and I used to call this brush with greatness. Yeah, uh, or brushes with. I met Mark Rosen in the food line once, or I was at, I was at the opening game at the Gophers football stadium. Mark Rosen's a great guy. We've corresponded a few times since then, and his cousin was uh, he uh, was a friend of mine in college. So we shake hands, and I introduce myself. I was working for AOL at the time, and was down covering the first game at the Gophers' new stadium, which is now Huntington Bank Stadium. And he starts <laughs> immediately starts making fun of Sid. Oh, so, easy to do. So my my favorite Sid Hartman story leads me right into this. So this is the first year for the Wild at Excel. And they had sent out season media passes to all the radio affiliates. And we were one of the radio affiliates. So I had a season media pass for the Wild that I used three times out of 41 home games. You're a busy boy. Well, it's, it's hard to get, when you work mornings, it's hard to get down there. And, and that's come, a long know, way it's down. A, yeah, it is a long way. And drive. where do you park? I, that's, I've, I've learned now that's easy, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. So I covered the last game of the regular season. I, I, I got down there. I got to watch Pittsburgh, and they had Mary Lemieux was on that team. Yager was on that team. So I got to see Lemieux and Yager play in person, which was cool. Yeah. And then the yeah. last game of the year, they played the Avalanche. That was the Sackick, Forsberg, Patrick Waugh Avalanche team. So I got to watch those guys play in person. I thought, this is, at least I got to see some really good sure. players, some, sure. some all-time greats. So we get to the game, and we go into the media elevator, and there's a big... Whoa, sorry. There's a big uh, big poster board on the back wall of the elevator. And the elevator operator, she worked like every home game. And she wanted all the media people to sign this poster board commemorating the first season of the Wild. And she looks at me and says, here, you know, hand, goes, hand me the marker, and here, go sign it. I'm like, I've been to three home games this year. She looks at me and says, well, you've been to more than Sid. Oh. <laughs> it was their opening night, I think, Ooh. and that was it. I got a Sid story then since okay. you brought it up. <laughs> Uh, down, when I was going to college down in Mankato, I did a Vikings report in the afternoon when they were doing their training camp in Mankato. Be about 5.15, three or four or five media would show up, usually the same guys. <clears throat> Bud Jim scrolling in with his Fresca. Not an alcoholic guy, I guess. Fresca. Sit down, plop down. And Sid had been there and had run out of the room and Bud looks over at uh, this empty chair, tape recorder, microphone, says WCTO on it. And Bud says, is that Sid's tape recorder? <laughs> and he kind of nodded. And he, he looks out in the hall to see if anybody's coming, opens up the tape recorder, takes out all the batteries, puts them in his pocket. <laughs> 
There you go, Sid. Have a good interview. That's good stuff. That is fantastic. Yeah. Can't right. do that nowadays. We, all we, I record everything I record. I get record on my phone, so you can't do that anymore. Okay, oh, I got no. my last one. Go ahead. Probably the biggest, biggest star oh, that I've ever had a chance to talk with. Mm. Bob Hope. Bob Hope. Wow. Huh? That's a pretty big star. Yeah. How did he come across? Uh, pretty snobby. Uh-huh. If it rained, it would go I, down I, his I've nose. I've heard good, bad, and indifferent on him. Yeah. So From yeah. people that that uh, run across him or knew him and that sort of thing. I'll tell you a quick story about uh, my cousin Peggy Knudsen before we go on our, our break. Yeah, we got a break here pretty quick. So I'm out. I When I came back out of the military, I'm, I'm mustering out. I'm in Long Beach, California, and she lived up in Encino, which is just out of Hollywood. So I went up and stayed with her for a couple of weeks, and she had been retired. And I'm I'm sitting there watching. Here comes a movie on, and it's her in the movie. And she says, shut that off. And it was one of those prison break movies. Oh, yeah. Okay? They, back in the 50s and early yeah. 60s, yeah. there was westerns, prisons, and cops or something yeah. like that. Okay? And so we're talking, and then a, a Ronald Reagan movie came, and Reagan was the governor at the time out there. She goes, oh, yeah, I played with Ronnie in a number of movies. I said, really? She says, oh, yeah, it was something else. She says, you know, I had to play a bunch of westerns. And she says, I was in a western with him. She says, I was deathly afraid of horses, but I had to ride a horse. So they put me on this horse, and I ride a little bit, and they do the shots, and I come back, and they help me off and all that jazz. So we're there by the, uh, like the trailer where they're having coffee or whatever, and here comes these two guys riding down on horses. And it's Ronald Reagan and his co-star. I don't remember who the co-star was. And Reagan doesn't have glasses on. And she goes, Neil, he was blind as a bat. But he has no glasses on. Really? And so he comes down, gets off his horse, and they're milling around. All of a sudden he goes over, and he starts monkeying with his eyes. And he had the first contact lenses, huge ones. They were almost they were big. Yeah. big. Yeah. And he'd take popping out the contact lenses. They so, were like glasses lenses that you'd yeah. put in your yeah. So that eye. was kind of one of the interesting little stories. Wow. And she said he was a real nice, nice. guy. She loved him. Thought he was cool. Yeah. Gentlemen, that's, that was fun. That was, a, that was a neat 20 minutes we just killed. I got a million of them. <laughs> we, got, we got another 20 here to go. Rack on man. tour extraordinaire Rick Jordan. We'll see you for the frenzy at 9 o'clock. Neil's back in a moment. 8.43, our KDAL time on this beautiful Friday morning. So glad you could join us. 66 atop the hill, 67 in Duluth, 68. Or 67 in Superior, sorry, 68 in downtown Duluth. South wind, two points in the low 60s on this Friday morning. All right, Neil. So you got a story? I do. And So I do a bit every now and then called Florida Man doing Florida Man things. You know the whole Florida Man bit, right? Yeah. Or if you Google Florida Man and your birthday, all sorts of weird stuff comes up. Because Florida Man does all sorts of weird things. Well, this one's making the list. 24-year-old Michael Brennan was arrested this week after he used stolen, uh, a stolen credit card info to book a 17-night stay at a vacation home near Clearwater, Florida. Beautiful area of Florida. Cops found a bunch of credit cards, IDs, and Social Security cards that belonged to other people. Yeah. They were booking him into jail. They asked if he had any drugs or contraband on him, and he said no, because they always say no. Of course. They, and, of course, they go through it. your pockets, and they find a bag of weed or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this time around, they strip-searched Michael, and they found a twenty-two caliber bullet hidden. 
can I say this? Um, hidden. I'm picturing something bizarre. Hidden in his undercarriage. I gotcha. I think you can figure out the rest. A bullet. Yeah, just one. one Twenty-two bullet. caliber bullet in his undercarriage. It's unclear why he wanted to sneak a bullet into the jail, but the officer who had to retrieve it noted the round had not been fired. So on top of all the fraud stuff and potentially identity theft in there as well, they tacked on a felony charge for introducing contraband into a detention facility. Uh, you can't make this stuff up there, Bruce. Ladies and gentlemen, Florida man. So my uh, great aunt, Caroline, uh, my mom used to help her with her checking and writing checks yeah. and paying her bills. Sure. And Caroline was about 90 at the time, and she had problems with her fingers and, and writing stuff. Anyway, uh, she tossed away all her old checks old checks, and got new checks. Well, apparently they got tossed away and not shredded, and some <laughs> entrepreneur found her checks and went, decided to go down to uh, one of the banks downtown here and uh, write out the check to his name and open up an account. <laughs> in his name. Well, they caught him all of a sudden that, yeah. that this all happened and the guy got arrested. But he, uh, you know, forged a check, opened it in his name, and la di da di da. It's people, well, you know, it's, some are not exactly the brightest bulbs on no, the tree, to no. say the least. Uh, we are inside of 10 minutes to go. It's at the phones here on this Friday morning. Hi, who's this? Hey, good morning. This is Tom from Port Wayne. Hey, Tom, we're shaking on this Friday. Well, um, last week, um, professor over on the radio station out of your state, um, he was declaring the uh, debate over climate change is over, and he did several promos with that. And then John Kerry yesterday, and since I'm probably one of uh, the few people left who will engage anybody on the uh, climate change fiasco, I thought I would call up and at least expose him because uh, it, when asked a question about uh, climate in 2050, several weeks ago, he instantly replied, that is Professor Egghead, uh, exactly how the weather would be and what a catastrophe uh, we would be experiencing floods and droughts and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Well, when asked this morning about whether we'd be getting a lot of rain this fall, he said that was too far in, the, in <laughs> advance to make a prediction. But 2050, yeah. uh, 30, uh, 30 years away almost, he can uh, figure it out, right? What, what yeah, is he the uh, is is he the author of the Farmer's Almanac? Uh, no, he's not. But he is actually Professor Emeritus, and I'm not going to use his name. But I would debate him. You know, Neil, we have not only not had a debate on climate change, we haven't even had a casual conversation with the opposition. And I know there's very little opposition because hey, you're not going to get a grant for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars at a university if you're not all on board with uh, climate change, okay? And that's one of the, the biggest reasons why uh, anybody who disagrees with them uh, will not step forward. Now, I would offer myself to debate him, but he would look down his nose and go, I certainly would not debate such a plebe. You well, know, most, most of the uh, scientific community that do not agree or or let's say partially do not agree 
with the with the fact that they're trying to promote that it's all humans that are causing this. It's human life on this planet and what we've done that's causing this whole uh, alleged heating up of the of the of the earth. And I, I was reading an article there going back, like, all of a sudden, they're going back 6,000 years. Oh, yeah, we can say that the last time this and that, or 1,500 years, or 1,850, or whatever it may be. Well, the, the periods of global warming and global cooling have been consistent ge- geologically over the millennium. And we are here looking at, if you, if you look at um, real accurate temperatures, you know, for like Duluth, it goes back to the 1880s. So you're looking at 100 and, 130 years maybe of data, and uh, you can't extrapolate that. You know, 9,000 years ago, there was a mile of ice on top of us. And yeah, 6,000 years ago, the glaciers had melted, and there was a period of dramatic global warming all over the world on the northern hemisphere. And uh, so it's it's difficult to... If they if they would at least dig into the archaeological uh, data, the geological data, and really look at it on a level playing field, you know, are we doing things as human beings, spewing stuff in the atmosphere that may affect something? You bet. Is there some pollution out there? You bet. But is this all because of us? And that's what they're trying to say. It's all because of people. Yeah. Neil, here's, here's the thing. Ocean temperatures have only been measured within less, less than 40 or 50 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's ridiculous to extract. And then the size, over 70% of the Earth is covered with water. So, I mean, you better have a lot of thermometers, not two or three of them. And here's, let me paint a picture for your listeners. Imagine, did you ever crack open a Swiss watch and look at the back of that, okay? And you see all these little gears and all this stuff. And it's amazing. Well, now take that and enlarge it to the the size of the earth. And the weather is very complex. There are so many things we don't know about it. It's just like so much so much that we don't know about the ocean. Yep. There's so much that we don't know about how this system works. Any more than the average person looking at a, the back of a Swiss watch knows how that works. All we do know is it is very complex. It's not as simple as, oh, there's a, a little bit of wind coming in over here, and we got a cloud coming with some rain over there. You're looking at a fraction of it. When you have to look at the whole entire picture as a mechanism that's working, it's a lot more complex than what, you know, Professor Egghead even wants to recognize. What is it? One, of the, one of the things, Tom, that the, one of the biggest factors that uh, affects the climate in, in our planet is the sun. And when the yeah. sun does unusual things, when it has uh, uh, large solar flares and other activity that dramatically affects things, and that's one thing they don't like to talk about because that's totally out of our control. So what they're trying to do is have control over the weather patterns around the world, thinking that that's going to solve things. And if they bankrupt the economies in the world and it doesn't solve the problem, then what do they do? Well, just this morning, Pakistan setting, going into another monsoon season, is looking for reparations from the developed countries because they had a flood during the monsoon season. Can I get any stupider than what I started with? Professor who could tell you the weather in 2050, but he couldn't tell you if Minnesota was going to get rain this fall.
Yeah, better shut everything down and go. Better shut everything down and go back into the cave there, Tom. Tom, thanks for the call. Appreciate Thank it. You. Take care. Well, just in case you want to call us, 7220839. Yeah, we got three, three minutes, minutes left, so we can, we can squeeze somebody else in. Yeah, yeah, we could. We could. So uh, it's just uh, interesting. When we were talking about some of this stuff around around here, uh, one of the uh, a friend of mine just passed away, a guy that I've known for quite a few years, Charlie Lemon. And I, his kids are kind of my age, but Charlie was 91 years old. And uh, Charlie had owned a number of establishments in the community. The first one he established back in 1972 was Charlie's Club out in West Duluth. Yep, I remember it. We well found out he used to live by it. Yep, well-known bar out there. He owned a bunch of businesses and bars. And, and here's some of the names for those of you that have been around the community that uh, he had his, his hand in. Uh, there's a club called the Roadhouse, the Sound Museum. I remember that, the Sound Museum down on Michigan Street by Lake Avenue, the Rusty Pelican, the Speakeasy, the Jungle Cage, Yellow Submarine over in Superior. Uh, that's Lulato got to know him, and Lulato uh, used to go over and DJ at the Yellow Submarine. Uh, Jewels, Beacon Inn, the Beacon Inn, the Reef, yeah. the Reef right. out here. Our buddy yep. Mike used to bartend out at the Reef. The Twins Bar uh, was up on 4th Street. The Pioneer was on Third uh, Avenue West and First uh, Street, the Junkyard, the Bellows was a big supper club oh, down yeah. on Lennon Road. CW Chips used mm-hmm. to be up on Fourth Street and Sixth Avenue, Smithies, and a whole bunch more. And uh, he was uh, a, a good guy, quite a character. I used to get together with him every once in a while when I was on the city council, and he would always uh, have a story to tell me and a concern about what was going on in Duluth. So, uh, you know, our deepest sympathy to his yes. family. Absolutely, yep. But uh, anyway, some the stories are monumental out there. Oh, my goodness, yes. Now, so we used to live uh, in an apartment building right behind Charlie's. Okay. So uh, we saw all sorts of interesting traffic. Some friends of mine, uh, a former <laughs> classmate of mine, her and her family had bought the bar from him and ran Charlie's for a yeah. number of years. It's not there anymore. but No, uh, it burned, it burned uh, down. Boy, how had it been, what? 15 years ago, at least. It's got to be. Yeah, yeah we lived in our house for 17 years. It wasn't long after we moved out of that neighborhood that that, uh, that had burned down. So, yeah, it's been a long time. I hear you. Uh, well, Neil, you'll uh, you'll be happy to know Dave is back on Monday. Ah, uh, he's coming back. Well, that'll be nice. That'll be nice. It's always fun to have you on board. Bruce, it's fun, so. yeah. It's a, it's a fun show this morning. Appreciate you coming in, and uh, have a good weekend. Have a Excellent. great birthday. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. It was good to have Rick telling yeah. his stories there, too. But You know, do something cool tonight, because you only turn 54 once. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're All a right. great American. That's right. You are as well. Have a great weekend.